worship is something that we all do. God has made us as people to worship. Now, often we wonder, who are we worshiping? What are we worshiping? Maybe how are we worshiping? But God has made us to be people that worship. And worship is, is something that's done by everyone. Whether you're a believer of Jesus Christ or not, we worship. And so it's more of a matter of what or who or how we worship. And in Romans today, we're going to see how Paul, the apostle, invites believers in Jesus Christ to not just worship as the world worships, but worship all out as living sacrifices for Jesus Christ. And so uh, Paul was, a, was an apostle. He was one that was sent out. He went all around the modern day Europe. He went around in, in Greece and Turkey, those places, and, and he went to tell people the good news of Jesus. And one of, the, one of his greatest letters that he wrote was a book called Romans. He was sending it to a church in Rome. And, and many scholars, many historians believe that this is one of the greatest letters ever written uh, as far as for theology. Because Paul, in these 16 chapters, he lays out what it means to, to understand the grace and mercy of God. And how, how someone can come to know Jesus as a, their personal Lord and Savior. I mean, in, in Romans 3, 23, he says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, and so we know that, that we're in trouble without, without, a, without the Savior of Jesus. And in Romans 6, 23, it says that for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of our Lord, a gift of, is for, uh, the gift of life is eternal life in, in Jesus Christ our Lord. In Romans 5, 8, he says that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still in our sin, while we were still against God, He paid the price. Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. And then in Romans 10, He talks about how if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. And, and so He lays out the gospel message. Really, the first 11 chapters, He's laying out this gospel message of what it means to believe in Jesus Christ. But then, starting in chapter 12, now he didn't write in chapters, but starting right here in chapter 12, verse 1, we're going to look at today, he really changes script. He really changes, okay, now if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you put him as Lord and Savior of your life, then now this message is for you. So, by the way, this message is for those who believe in Jesus and put their life in, in the care of God and trusting Him for Lord and Savior of life. If you have not done that, we still want you to hear this message. But the more important message right now is that you put your trust in Jesus, that you put your faith in Him. But Because this message, starting in chapter 12, is, is for believers. So Paul says this, in Romans 12, verse 1, he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, there's a lot 
to this verse. And we're going to get to some of that today. But first of all, whenever we see in the Bible the word therefore, we know what to ask, right? What is therefore, therefore, right? I think, I think some of us know that. What is therefore, therefore? And anytime you see in the Bible the word therefore, that's a, just an easy thing to remember. Okay, so Paul's talking about something. And really, he's talking about the first 11 chapters of Romans. The first 11 chapters, he's, he's laying this out of what it means to believe in Jesus Christ. So if you believe in Jesus Christ, you believe that he's paid the price, that you had no hope without Jesus, that you were dead in your sin, that you need the grace and mercy of God. If you believe all that, then Paul says, therefore. And so he urges us, brothers and sisters, he's not, he's not writing to everybody, he's writing to the family of God, those that are trusting in Jesus. Therefore, I urge you, he says, I urge you. He's not just saying that this is a good idea. I urge you, in view of God's mercy, uh, so first of all, this last part of this verse is, is this way of the true and pro- proper worship. What does true and proper worship mean? Because I said everybody worships, so what does it mean to have true and proper worship? Well, there's a lot of different translations of the Bible from Greek to English. And one that I think kind of captures this really well is in the ESV, and I have that on the screen. Uh, it says, end, ending this verse, it says, which is your spiritual worship. Now, there's different ways you can look at this, like what is true and proper, or what is, what is your reasonable worship, this idea, there's, there's this idea of um, it being a divinely intelligent worship, it, something that makes sense, something that you worship God with everything, because uh, Jesus said we are sp- supposed to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, with our everything. And so what is our everything, and how do we do that in a, a way that worships Lord, the Lord with everything. And so I think a good way just to encapsulate this is just to say spiritual worship today. So our spiritual worship, now I know we all worship, but spiritual worship is more of this idea that we are with everything worshiping God. So our spiritual worship is a response to God's mercy. It's a response because when we look at the mercy of God, when we think about we were dead in our sins, we think about if you've put your trust in Jesus, which this verse is is for you, if you have, you you think back to that time, maybe years ago, maybe months ago, when you put your trust in Jesus. And and think about that, just for a moment, think about when did you put your trust in Jesus? And, And when you did that, You've, you, had, you, were, you had this view of your sin. You realized, my sin, I can't do it on my own. I can't get my way to heaven. I can't get my way to Jesus. I can't have eternal life. I can't have abundant life on my own. And so we have this, this view that we are in need, in desperate need of, of a Savior. And so when we have this need that we are in need of, or this view that we are in need of saving. And we have this mercy. And remember, mercy is not the same as grace. Mercy is what we deserve, we don't get. So what we deserve is God's wrath and God's judgment and God's punishment for the, our sin. But we don't get that because of God's mercy. And in fact, in the Greek here, it doesn't, 
it doesn't say God's mercy, it says God's mercies. It's plural. So it's not just one time that God had mercy, it's, it's this ongoing when God, when we realize God has mercy on us a lot. And so do we have this view of God's mercy? When we have this view that God is merciful, not just one time in our life, but throughout our life, each day, God is, is showing us His mercy, then our response is spiritual worship. Our response is showing that we trust Jesus, that we love Jesus. And so in this verse, Paul is really wanting us to see that it's not just about worshiping with our minds. It's not just about worshiping sometimes. But it's about having a response to the worship, a response of the grace of God. Now, I know someone that had a huge debt. Don't raise your hand if you have a huge debt. <laughs> but they had a huge debt, and they had no way to pay this unless it was going to take years and years and years, and even more years, because there was this huge debt. And it was just kind of randomly, after applying for a financial aid, they found out that this debt had been canceled. And the, the relief this person felt was just like they took this weight off their shoulder. They, they were able to think about, wow, my future, and I'm not in debt right now. And I, I didn't know how I was going to pay this. I had no idea. And now I am debt-free. I have been freed of this weight. And there's this release. There's this relief. There's just this view that of thankfulness and gratitude. Is that how we think about God's mercy? Do we think about God's mercy as a huge relief? The huge thing that was lifted off our shoulder, there was no way we were going to get out of it on our own. So do we think about that with God's mercy? Because if we don't, if we're not thinking about how merciful God is, it's going to be hard to, I think, respond all out in spiritual worship. And so it's, it's important that Paul says that we respond in God's view, of, understanding that view of his mercy. So what do you think about when you think about God's mercy? Or, or do we think about it? Are we thinking about that regularly? And not to make ourselves feel bad about how desperate we need Jesus, but if you trust Jesus with your life, we need Jesus. We need Jesus and His Spirit to guide us, show us how to live, help us in our everyday interactions, in our everyday, how do we live my day? How do I do it? It's because it's not for me, it's for Him. And so Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now wait a minute. Paul is wanting us to offer our bodies. You know, in the Old Testament, the people, when they sinned, they had to come bring a perfect animal. Now, we think animal, and maybe some of you guys have some animals, but we don't think about it in the same way anymore. A perfect animal, was, that was their wealth. That had a lot of value to them. So they had to bring, this, they had to bring a sacrifice 
and they had to kill it. It was, that sacrifice was dead. And now Paul is using the same kind of idea here. He wants us to bring ourselves as a living sacrifice. Now, does that mean we have to die? Trick question, but I think it does. I think we do have to die. We have to die to ourselves every day. Because we can't live the way that God wants us to live if we are still trying to live in our own flesh. All throughout the book of, of Galatians, it talks about how the flesh and the spirit are in contrast to each other. They're con- they are against each other. And so if we try to keep walking according to what we want to do in, the, in our flesh, but yet God's spirit is trying to teach us and bear fruit and show us how to live, it's not going to work out. So if we're going to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, we have to be all in. We have to be all about Jesus. Spiritual worship is being living sacrifices. Being a living sacrifice means that we're dying to ourselves and we're living not just the best life we could, but the best life Jesus intends for us. And his life is abundant life. In fact, in the Greek here, it's this word, zoe. Can you guys say zoe? Zoe, all right. And, and zoe doesn't just mean you're alive. Zoe means that you have abundant life, that you are living the way that Jesus designed you to live. You know, I believe that when, when the Lord made people, He made, I mean, and I still do, He makes us in His image, and He gives us life. He gives us not just being awake, living. He gives us life to live for Him. And because of sin, a lot of times we're just kind of awake living. Maybe like a dead man walking because there's sometime we're going to die. But Jesus, He offers us abundant life. And that's for all eternity. And so when we think about this spiritual worship, He wants us to be living sacrifices. He wants us to be alive for Him. Being a sacrifice. Offering ourselves to Him. I, I saw an illustration when I was looking this up, looking up about this verse. And, and there was a, a book that was talking about how there was this little girl at a Sunday morning and they were passing the offering plate and she put it on the floor and she stepped in it and the usher was like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's awkward, stop! <laughs> uh, she, and she said, I'm offering myself. I'm being a living sacrifice. And I think she understood. She understood what, what Paul was talking about here. We offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. We We can try to do it on our own, but God wants us to be all in for Him, alive. In Romans uh, 6, 13, Paul says earlier, he says, but do not offer part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. Paul wants us 
to offer our bodies as an instrument of righteousness. Offer ourselves to God as knowing that we've been brought from death to life, being a living sacrifice. Easier said than done, I know. But how are we doing at this? If you, if you follow Jesus, if you trust Jesus, then we are to be all in, not just halfway in, not just most of the way in, but we're supposed to be all in following Jesus. And that means sacrificial living <clears throat> so that he, he makes us alive and we have abundant life in him. You know, whenever there's an altar, whenever someone, something died on the altar, there was a fire that consumed it. And so the sacrifice is, has a fire. As people, Paul's asking us to be living sacrifices. He wants us to be on fire for Jesus. He wants us to be all out, that people see that our life is all about Jesus Christ. So are we living a life that's all out for Jesus Christ? Do people see that you are on fire for Jesus? And when we do that, Paul says to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. And he says it's holy and pleasing to God. Our lives are holy and pleasing to God. And I believe this is when we've viewed God's mercy, we're being living sacrifices, and being a living sacrifice, it shows, it shows people, it shows ourselves that we are on fire for the Lord and that we have God making us holy. Now, holiness is not something we just acquire as soon as we accept Jesus Christ. We are instantly holy. There's a transforming process, and usually that transforming process takes a long time, maybe our whole lifetimes. Ask some of the older people if you're not sure. But transformation doesn't happen instantly. And so, but, but yet, the Lord is happy. The Lord is pleased when we are setting ourselves apart from the world. When we are being a living sacrifice. You know, we, we heard this song earlier about this, this Monday morning faith. And how if we are just worshiping Jesus on Sundays, but we're not walking with him the rest of the week. Is that really worship? Is that really what God is all about? Because what I know God is all about is he's all about our hearts, our minds, our soul, and all of our strength, not just once a week, but all the time. And I know that sounds like a burden, but I think that's why, Jesus, that's why Paul is saying, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice that's holy and pleasing to him. Because God is pleased. You know, in the Old Testament, there's a lot of parts that when they talk about sacrifices and they talk about how God is pleased with this smell, this aroma of the offering, this burnt offering. God is pleased. He is so happy and proud of you when you're living all out for him with his strength 
you know, we're always worshiping something, so what are we worshiping? Jesus, at the time of his death, he made a way for us to be right with the Father. He brought us into atonement. And that word, at one meant. He brought us into being one with the Father again, where we were separated. And now the Father is pleased when we are separated from the world and separated from our flesh. He wants us to be all in for Him and His purposes. You know, when we get to know God, when we get to know Him and we, we spend time not just on a Sunday, but throughout the week, spending time with Jesus and growing, but abiding in His love. We start wanting more and more of Him. We start getting excited to think about, hey, I get to spend time with, with Jesus. You know, I, when Ellen and I first started dating, I remember telling her, like, I was so excited to be dating her. <laughs> and, I, and I remember telling her, like, at one point, I was like, I don't, I don't need any friends. I, I have you. And she's like, what? You need friends. And I was like, no, I, I actually, I just want to be with you all the time. And she's like, I'm an introvert. I don't want to be with you all the time. I love you, but like, she didn't say that. But I understand now that's what she was saying. And, and she, she wanted me to, yes, to be intimate with her and to know her, to trust her and to pr protect her and all those things, when we, especially when we're married, uh, intimate when we're married, yes. But she wanted, us, she wanted us to not just only, to only be with her. She wanted me to love her and want to know her and be all in on marriage with her and commit my commitment to her that way. But I wanted to be all in and nobody else. And I think that's how we can be with God. When we, when we, saw, when we see and experience his goodness and we are every day trusting him and every day seeking him out and i think we can be like that and we can say i just want you god i just want more and more of you and we might even say i don't don't you care about anything else and he, he'll say no I, I want you to still care about people i still want you to reach people i still want you to to be around people that you can they can you can show those people me but the more we know Jesus, the more we are set apart and the more we are pleased, or actually God is pleased by us. So we change and we want to be with him because we see and we experience how special he is, how wonderful he is. Uh, there was a quote by David Peterson I wanted to read. It said, we give God, sorry, if we give ourselves to God as his sacrifices when we understand his grace and we place it in our lives. So we, when we understand the depths of God's grace, then we're going to be, then we're going to give God uh, just this living sacrifice. He continues and says, we offer ourselves not ignorantly like animals brought to be slaughtered, but intelligently and willingly. We offer ourselves knowing that we are going to die to ourselves. We are going to pick up our cross and follow Jesus daily in worshiping Him. He says, 
this is the worship that pleases God. This is spiritual worship. When we are worshiping with God all out, when we understand the depths of our sin and, and His mercy in our life, we understand and we view His mercy. We offer ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, setting us apart from the world, not because we don't want to be in the world, but because we want to be fixed on Jesus Christ. We want to be all in with Him. And this is what pleases God. It pleases God because that is what this, He desires, us to live and worship Him as a spiritual worship, as living sacrifices for Him. So let's look to Jesus. Jesus, the one who ultimately laid down His life, who ultimately is the one that we look to. He was the sacrifice. He went to the cross on your behalf, on my behalf. And without the sacrifice of Jesus, everything is futile. Nothing matters. So if we have that perspective of God's mercy, of Jesus' sacrifice, then how can we not be all in? How can we just be a little bit this way and a little bit this way? How can we not be all in following Jesus and trusting Jesus with our life? I encourage you to use this response song as a way of just taking some time to pray. Taking some time to ask the Lord, help me to be all in. Show me your mercy. Help me to have a bigger view of your mercy. Help me to know how to be a living sacrifice. How to be all in with you, Jesus. To want to trust you each day. To want to know you. To want to be more and more abiding in your love. And guess what? That pleases the Lord.